people. Welcome to the African History Network show. It is Sunday, June 5th, 2022, and we are live. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. On the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world, because right now it's correct your own behavior. So on today's show, uh, we're going to deal with, now we've been following this topic here for the, uh, for a number of months. We've talked about it here on the show. Uh, the California Reparations Task Force, the California Reparations Task Force, this past Wednesday, June 1st, released a comprehensive 500-page study that uh, documents how the history of slavery in the state of California, but also racism, Jim Crow segregation, uh, et cetera, how this has damaged and harmed African-Americans over decades, but also African-Americans across the country. Okay. And this, and by members of the task force, it said that this is the most comprehensive study of this type dealing with systemic racism, how African-Americans are being harmed. This is the most comprehensive study since the Kerner commission report from 1968 okay so we're going to get deep into this on today's show we're going to get uh, we'll, we'll deal with the california uh, uh the california reparations task force uh 500 page uh study documenting how slavery racism etc has impacted nearly every aspect of black life in america and it's still being felt today. We'll talk about that. Also, we'll deal with the Kerner Commission report. What was the Kerner Commission report of 1968? Now, we talked about this here on this show before, the Kerner Commission report, because we actually deal with real topics here, not a bunch of nonsensical gossip and things like this. And the Kerner Commission report documented the negative impacts of racism, et cetera, on African-Americans. And they found that um, this was commissioned in uh, uh, July 28th, 1967. Kerner Commission report was com commissioned July 28th, 1967. It was ordered by President Lyndon Johnson. And President Lyndon Johnson wanted them to, uh, it was 11 member commission. He wanted them to find out uh, what was causing the rebellions that were taking place in this country. From uh, They looked at rebellions, the uprisings from 1964 to 1967, including the uh, 1967 Detroit Rebellion. They He wanted to know what was causing their rebellions. Why did these rebellions happen? What can be done to prevent racial disturbance in the past, uh, in the future? What could, what could be done to prevent racial disturbance from happening in the future? And the Kerner Commission surveyed uh, 23 cities across the country where these rebellions were taking place. And what they found was that, uh, what they found was that, uh, that they were largely taking, that the largely black population was confined to central cities while a predominantly white population moved out, white flight, and, and that the racism of white Americans was, quote, essentially responsible for the explosive mixture leading to these uprisings. OK, this is what the Kerner Commission report found. And when it came to addressing what could be done to prevent this in the future, the Kerner Commission suggested that, fed that the federal government intervene to improve housing 
improve education for African-Americans, improve housing for African-Americans, improve education, improve employment opportunities for African-Americans and social services. Also, the Kerner Commission report um, recommended that the federal government dismantle discriminatory practices in education, employment, and uh, the police force, okay, and criminal and criminal court systems. Now, President Lyndon Baines Johnson accepted the Kerner Commission report, but he did not support the conclusions and minimal efforts were made to address the problems identified by the Kerner Commission. Now, also, when you study this, the Vietnam War was going on at the same time. And the Vietnam War distracted a lot of the attention from the federal government, a lot of the federal government's attention, and it distracted a lot of media attention that would have been focused on the Kerner Commission report. And it distracted, and the Vietnam War distracted attention as well as away from the civil rights movement, okay? So we'll, we'll talk some about the Kerner Commission report and get into some of these details because this past week, the Kerner Commission report was mentioned in relationship to the California Reparations Task Force uh, uh, report as well, okay? Then I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered on Friday, okay? And we talked about uh, the job numbers that came out and uh, 390,000 uh, uh, jobs created also in the month of, uh, in the month of May. Uh, we talked about the jobs report, May 22, uh, May 2022. And we talked about also the communication problem that the White House is having, the communication problem that the White House is having when it comes to communicating the positive things that the Biden-Harris administration has done. Okay, so we'll talk about that also. All right, now we know that um, the uh, Buffalo shooting suspect, Peyton Gendron, we know the Buffalo shooting suspect uh, was charged with murder uh, as a hate crime and domestic terrorism this past week. He was on, indicted on 25 charges, okay? Indicted on 25 charges. So we'll give you a breakdown uh, of that as well. And I told you he was going to get more than one charge. The one charge was the initial charge. I told you more charges were coming. You had a lot of idiots out here saying, oh, he was only charged with one thing. You are a dumbass if you think that that's all he was going to get charged. Usually more charges follow. That's the initial charge. Okay. He was charged. He, he got, he, he, he was indicted on 25 counts. Okay. We're going to uh, break that down uh, as well. And then uh, also the documentary heavy is the crown from director Amadeus Christ. Uh, we've talked about that here on this show before. There's going to be a screening here in Detroit coming up. Um, We'll give you some information about that. It's going to be at Nandy's Knowledge Cafe. Listen to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM Superstation Future Radio. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. IDO Network International, in collaboration with STL Black Woman, DACA, and ACTA, present the Royal Pilgrimage to the Americas, August 24th through the 28th. The African kings and queens are coming to you for business, networking, and sharing of Pan-African ideals. The venue will be the illustrious En Garde Arts Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. 
a royal cultural experience and exhibitions, trade and investment opportunities in Africa, the Caribbean, and the Americas, a royal Pan-African summit hosting keynote speakers, and a red carpet banquet. Come and witness our African royal coronation ceremony. Register at www.idonetwork.org to book your ticket to wine and dine with African royalty. Vendor opportunities available. Get face-to-face -face with the royals who own the land and resources for business. Contact DACA for deal room information at 602-730-4572. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on Nantene and the Superstation of Future Radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotel. Calling numbers 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the calling number if you have a question or comment. Okay, now on the African History Network show, we focus on educating, empowering, and inspiring people of African descent throughout the diaspora and around the world. Because right now it's correct your own behavior, what you do for yourself, what you do to yourself. And what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. So when you control the, control the radius of a man or a woman's thoughts, you can control the circumference of his or her actions because the mind can't do or teach what it doesn't know. Now, we deal with a number of different topics here on the African History Network show. We deal with current events and history, politics, education, economic empowerment entrepreneurship, relationships, love, sex, health issues, and much, much more. Sign up for our email newsletter. Text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. To sign up for our email newsletter, text the word Kemet, K-E-M-E-T, to 22828. Sign up for our email newsletter uh, or visit our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay. Uh, okay, call in numbers 313 Seven seven eight seventy six hundred is calling number if you have a question or comment. All right, I want to go to this first story. We're going to go to here to clip number one here in just a second, Jalen. Let's pull this back up here. Okay, so NBC News. Uh, I, I was reading different articles from NBC News, uh, Washington Post. I showed you this piece here from the Washington Post uh, dealing with the California Reparations Task Force. California calls for comprehensive reparations for black Americans. Uh, this is from June 1st, 2022. The interim report on the California reparations task force comes as task members remain split on what reparations should look like. Okay. So this is from June 1st, 2022. We're going to come back to that one. I want to, I want to start with this one here from NBC news. They had a really, really uh, a good article here. There was also a good one from msnbc.com um, also that I read from, um, uh, who was that one? It was from the readout blog by uh, uh, Jahan Jones, the readout blog. I'll show you that one as well. Okay, uh, California's unprecedented reparations report. Uh, details 150 years of anti-black harm. Details 150 years of anti-black harm, okay? There should have been coverage this week on this. Roland Martin Unfiltered dealt with it. I saw a little bit in mainstream media. Reverend Al Sharpton talked about it uh, 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 on on um, uh, Politics Nation. 
There should have been more coverage this week about this, especially after the shootings in Buffalo, New York. Okay, uh, the mass shooting in Buffalo, New York. In nearly 500 pages, the initial report recounts the, quote, moral and legal wrongs the American and Californian governments have inflicted upon their own black citizens. In nearly 500 pages, the initial report recounts the, quote, moral and legal wrongs the American Californian governments have inflicted upon their own black citizens. Okay, now, a new report from California's first in the country statewide reparations task force. This is the statewide reparations task force in the state of California is the first type of task force like this in, in the country. And this, and this report is probably is, is the first report coming from a state legislature as well. Okay, and this is a comprehensive report. A new report from California's first in the state, uh, first in the first in the country statewide reparations task force details how slavery touched uh, nearly every aspect of black life in America, producing innumerable harms that are still felt today, producing innumerable harms that are still felt today. And one of the reasons why a report like this is so important, because whatever uh, you're going to get into a legal fight, whatever reparations, whatever form reparations are in, whatever reparations are prescribed and Democrats control uh, both chambers of the state legislature in California, as well as the governorship, uh, whatever is distributed, whatever form reparations are in, they're going to be lawsuits to block it. So. One, you want to make sure you thoroughly document what the harm is. Two, you want to make sure that your remedy, you fall, you're on strong legal footing because you don't want to get whatever reparations, whatever, uh, however you distribute reparations, the remedy, you don't want that struck down in court. Okay, so uh, the report, which was released on Wednesday, June 4th, 2022 offers a comprehensive look at the impacts of enslavement and generations of discrimination on black Californians. Okay. But also African Americans broadly generations of black California generations of discrimination on black Californians and African Americans more broadly. Now African Americans only make up 6% of the population in California. One of the reasons why this study is so important is because back in 2018, April of 2018, the result of a of a poll came out and it was the uh, 50th anniversary of the assassination of Dr. King, April 4th, 2000, April 4th, uh, 1968. 40% of Americans polled said that African-Americans could be equally as successful as white people. If 40% uh, of white Americans polled said that African-Americans could be equally as successful as white people if they just tried harder, if they just tried harder. They didn't want to deal with the laws and policies put in place to maldistribute wealth, power, and resources. That's why this stuff has to be documented. As I said numerous times before, America must have a massive history lesson. And when you prescribe the remedy, you have to thoroughly lay out what the problem is. And the problem was created by laws and policies. As 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 nine ten a.m. plays on 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 the promo clip for this show, 
You hear me say it was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies that take us out of this predicament. This study from the California Reparations Task Force thoroughly documents this. Read this article here from Newsweek.com, uh, April 4, 2018. This was the 50th anniversary of the assassination of Dr. King. 40% of whites think black people just need to try harder, poll fines. 40% of whites think that black people just need to try harder. Okay, now, um, it, this, this poll was done by YouGov, who was known for doing polls, okay? Um, YouGov asked a number of questions of called racial resentment, one of which centered on whether the respondent agreed with the statement, it's really a matter of some people not trying hard enough. It's really a matter of some people not trying hard enough. Uh, it's really a matter of people not trying hard enough. If blacks would only try harder, they could be just as well off as whites. Okay, now this is what happens. And, and, and you're dealing with a dumbed down electorate. Americans in general, regardless of race, are very ignorant of history, ignorant of law, ignorant of the U.S. Constitution. This is the result of this. Overall, 35% of risks agreed, 16% strongly, 19% somewhat with the statement, 28% neither agreed nor disagreed. Okay. So when you go read this full, uh, read this full article, 40% of whites think people just need, think black would just need to try harder. They ain't want to understand laws and policies, none of that stuff. Okay. Now, what they should do. These white people, these 40 percent, they should try harder to treat African-Americans like human beings. They should try harder to level the playing field. They should try harder to remove the, the laws and policies that maldistribute wealth, power and resources into the hands of the dominant white society. That's what they should do. OK, now let's go back to this right here. This study finds that the damage California Reparations Task Force, the five from the page study, it finds that the damage to black communities is extensive and that a variety of intentional, intentionally crafted policy, judicial decisions and racism by private actors has created a widespread exclusion of black people that has not been sufficiently addressed at any level of government. Now for all the people out there who want to say, especially Republicans who want to say that race, that slavery's in the past, that was a long time ago, that has, that has nothing to do with today, that's a lie. And the, evident, the evidence here documents that that's a lie. It shows a direct correlation between racial disparities today and the conditions of African Americans and a legacy of decades of Jim Crow segregation, redlining, uh, housing discrimination, educational discrimination, et cetera, and ties us directly to slavery. And this is what I've said needs to happen. You have to show the direct relationship. All of the former slaves died in the 1950s. All of the former slaves died in the 1950s. You got to deal with how what we're dealing with today is directly related to chattel slavery that ended 157 years ago and then deal with the deal with, deal with you know, deal with the Civil War and the Reconstruction era and what happened after Reconstruction ended. This study finds that the damage to, to the African-American community is extensive and that a variety of intentionally crafted policy, 
judicial decisions, which deals with the courts, which deals with the judicial branch of the government and racism by private actors has created why has created a widespread exclusion of African-Americans that has not been sufficiently addressed at any level of the government. Quote, almost 150 years of active, conscious, federal, state, and local government action and neglect of duty have resulted in compounded harms that are unique to black Americans, end quote, the authors of this study wrote in a draft reviewed by NBC News prior to its release. We're going to deal with all this on the other side of the break. You listen to the African History Network show. The call in number is 313-778-7600. 313-778-7600 is the call in number. You listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. IDO Network International, in collaboration with STL Black Woman, DACA, and ACTA, present the Royal Pilgrimage to the Americas, August 24th through the 28th. The African kings and queens are coming to you for business, networking, and sharing of Pan-African ideals. The venue will be the illustrious En Garde Arts Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. A royal cultural experience and exhibitions, trade and investment opportunities in Africa, the Caribbean, and the Americas a Royal Pan-African Summit hosting keynote speakers, and a red carpet banquet. Come and witness an African Royal Coronation Ceremony. Register at www.idonetwork.org to book your ticket to wine and dine with African royalty. Vendor opportunities available. Get face-to-face with the royals who own the land and resources for business. Contact DACA for deal room information at 602-730-4572. Different topics here on the African History Network show. We do current events and history and much, much more. We're going to give you an update on what's going on. This is about self-preservation. We have to extinguish the fire of white supremacy. So you let us have consequences. Catch it all right here on 910 AM Superstation. All right. Great promo right there. Great promo reel right there for the show. Uh, it's 910 AM Superstation WFDF. Okay, so I want to welcome everybody back to the show. That was my first time hearing that one, I think. I want to welcome everybody back to the show. Call the numbers 313-778-7600 if you have a question or comment. Uh, It's Sunday, June 5th, 2022, and we are live. Welcome to the African History Network show. Keep in mind, we're here just once a week now. Uh, Sundays, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can still follow me on my Facebook fan page, The African History Network, The African History Network, my YouTube channel, Michael M. Hotep, I-M-H-O-T-E-P. I'm still on Roland Martin Unfiltered every Friday uh, as well. You can check me out there. I was on Roland Martin Unfiltered uh, this past Friday. Um, And uh, I'll still do some broadcasts throughout the week on my social media platforms. Uh, I wonder, before we go back to the story here, dealing with the California Reparations Task Force and this fantastic study that they've done, uh, this 500-page study dealing with um, the harmful effects of uh, slavery and racism, discrimination, Jim Crow segregation, et cetera, for decades, and how it's negatively impacted African-Americans all throughout the country, not just in uh, California. Before we go to that, I want to 
uh, let you know that coming up um, on June 15th at uh, June 15th, 2022, which is a Wednesday, uh, at Nandy's Knowledge Cafe, they're doing the screening. Uh, director Amadeus Christ, director of the film Heavy is the Crown, which is in the Outer Darkness series. You've heard me talk about Heavy is the Crown here because I'm a distributor, distributor of the documentary. Um, they're gonna, uh, Amadeus Christ will be there. He's going to do a screening of the new film, Heavy is the Crown, which features Professor Kaba Hiawatha Kamenei, Professor Jane Small, who are two of my teachers. Uh, this is taking place Wednesday, June 15th, 2022. Showtime is 7 p.m. Uh, it's a $15 donation. Nanny's Nows Cafe is located at 71 Oakman uh, Boulevard in Highland Park, Michigan. 71 Oakman Boulevard in Highland Park, Michigan. Um, it uh, includes uh, popcorn and lemonade um, with the donation. For more information, call 313-865-1288, 313-865-1288. I'll be there as well. Okay, I'll be a vendor there also. And um, if you, let me see, I was talking to Nandy today, and she told me to let people know that, um, okay, um Oh, yeah. You, if you have questions, give her a call 313-865-1288. Okay. And it's a fantastic documentary. It deals with the African origins of the uh, major world religions, the African origins of the major world religions. Tony Browder is featured in the documentary also. And you can order the documentary from our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Okay. I want to go back here to uh, the article we were looking at uh, right before the break. And this is from uh, this article here is from NBCNews.com, and it deals with the uh, California Reparations Task Force. California's unprecedented reparations report details 150 years of anti-black harm in nearly 500 pages. The initial report recounts the quote moral and legal wrongs the American and Californian governments have inflicted upon their own black citizens, end quote. Okay, so if we go back to this, and we're going to go to clip one here uh, in just a minute, uh, Jalen, clip one from NBC News now from June 1st. We'll go to that here in just a second. Okay, now, uh, the report, which is the first to be released at the state level, the first to be released at the state level, comes amid an increased national discussion on rep on reparations as well as action at the local and municipal level. So in last year, 2021, HR 40, uh, which is congressional legislation, which originates in the House of Representatives, Representative Sheila Jackson Lee of Tennessee, of Texas, is the sponsor of the bill. We know the Honorable John Conyers from Detroit, 13th Congressional District. He was the original sponsor of the bill in 1989. In 2021, H.R. 40 congressional legislation that would create a national commission to study reparations and explain the U.S. roles. This is this is critical. OK, this is critical and explain the U.S. government's role in enslavement and systemic discrimination. Uh, they, it, the, the bill passed out of the House Judiciary Committee for the first time in in uh, I think it was something like 39 years, something like that. First time. Uh, but it languished, but um, they have enough votes, from my understanding, they have enough votes to get it passed out of the House of Representatives. You need 218 votes to get any bill passed out of the House. They don't have enough votes to get it passed in the Senate because you need 60 votes in the Senate 
which means you need 10 Republicans to vote for the bill. And you don't have two Republicans that are going to vote for a reparations bill. Senator Tim Scott, the only black Republican in the Senate out of 50, has already said he's not voting for reparations. He's already said he's not voting for any reparations bill. Okay, Senator Tim Scott has already said he's not voting for any reparations bill. Okay, so if the black Republican is not going to vote for a reparations bill, how many white Republicans you think are going to vote for one? So to get any reparations bill passed, now now this is the question that I ask people. This is the question I ask people. If you can't get a bill passed to study reparations, explain to me how you get a bill passed to distribute or pay reparations. If you can't get a bill passed in the federal government through through both the House and the Senate, if you can't get one passed to study reparations, explain to me how you get one passed to pay reparations. You're going to have to vote more people in the office who support reparations, who support restitution, whatever you want to call it. I would take the name. I, I wouldn't call it reparation because automatically it draws a lot of opposition. I would call it restitution or not call it anything and just deal with the policies. Which is which is really the best strategy. Take the take the name reparations off of it because it automatically draws total opposition. From all the Republicans. Some cases could be some moderate Democrats. I would take the name off, period, and just deal with the policies and show how the policies are beneficial for not just African-Americans, but for everybody. Because when you lift up African-Americans, what you do that's good that helps us is going to end up eventually helping everybody as well. And if you look at this study here from um, Citigroup Bank, and we've talked about it before, it deals with how the U.S. economy has lost $16 trillion in 20 years because of racism, discrimination, targeting African-Americans, the U.S. economy. It shows how this hurts everybody. So they didn't look at 157 years ago. They didn't look at 246 years of slavery. They just looked at 20 years from 2000 to 2022. Everybody should read this article here from from CBS News, cbsnews.com. came out September 23rd, 2020. I did a broadcast about it when it came out. Racism has cost the U.S. $16 trillion Citigroup fine, Citigroup Bank, okay? Um, America, in this study, they found that America could be, could have $16 trillion rich, could be $16 trillion richer if not for inequities in education, housing, wages, and business investment between African-Americans and white Americans over the past 20 years, okay? Inequities that harmed African-Americans. The U.S. economy could be $16 trillion richer if not for the inequities in education, housing, wages, and business investment. They looked at just 20 years from 2000 to 2020. The study released by Citigroup Bank is the latest in a body of research that attempts to quantify the economic impact of systemic racism, which is crucial, because then you craft 
policy based upon the based upon the evidence and these discrepancies were formed by policy so it's going to take policy laws and policies to correct the harm that laws and policies created it was laws and policies that put us in this predicament it's going to be laws and policies that take us out of this predicament citigroup bank arrived at a 16 trillion dollar figure after estimating that one african-american workers have lost 113 billion dollars in potential wages over the past two decades because they could not get a college degree african-american workers have lost 113 billion dollars in potential wages over the past two decades because they could not get a college degree the how and, and and the gi bill and the discrimination that african-american gi's suffered by being discriminated against when it came to trying to take full advantage of the gi benefits that contributes to that because the gi bill gave low interest loans so they could go, go to college start businesses and buy homes and uh representative uh, uh seth molden and representative uh um uh, Jim Clyburn have a bill right now in the House of Representatives to try to address the harm and the discrimination that many uh, of our uh, grandparents or great grandparents face when they try to take full advantage of the GI Bill benefits. Two, the housing market lost $218 billion in sales because African American applicants could not get home loans. We've talked about housing discrimination here and redlining and the federal government of the department of justice is going after banks that continue to redline and also digital redlining as well uh from from banks that are only online and don't have physical uh banks don't have uh, brick and mortar banks thirdly uh, uh third we're coming up on the break here 13 about 13 trillion dollars in business revenue never flowed into the u.s economy because african-american entrepreneurs could not get access to bank loans We'll continue on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995, and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008, and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, The Business of Beings was released in December 2021 and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry and Master Being Human were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis's books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry, it's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre, I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. 
The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. Number different topics here on After History Network Show. We will turn you into history and much, much more. We're going to give you an update on what's going on. This is about self-preservation. We have to extinguish the fire of white supremacy. See, that's without consequences. Catch it all right here on 910 AM Superstation. Welcome back to the After History Network Show right here on 910 AM Superstation, the future radio. I'm your host, Brother Michael M. Hotep. Okay, call in numbers 313-778-7600. If you have a question or comment, 313-778-7600. If you have a question or comment. Uh, if you want to support the African History Network, you can do so uh, through Cash App, dollar sign, the AHN Show, through Cash App, also through PayPal, paypal.me forward slash the AHN Show. And we have the information at our website, africanhistorynetwork.com. This is our official Cash App account, uh, dollar sign, the AHN Show, S-H-O-W. When you go to it, it says Michael and shows my picture there on the screen here. We have a um, if you're watching on our Facebook or YouTube channels, we have a graphic here. These other ones are fake African History Network cash app accounts. I'm trying to get shut down. Cash app has launched an investigation into them because they've been stealing money from us. We have our official cash app tag here on the website and the yellow donate button also for PayPal. Okay. All right. Um. And then also, if you want me to do a presentation for your group or organization, we know that uh, Juneteenth is coming up. I'm speaking at a couple places here in the Detroit area for Juneteenth. Email me at ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. Email me, or you can call the African History Network at 313-462-0003, 313-462-0003. If you want me to do an in-person or virtual presentation, or if you want me to travel also, email us or call us, okay? I can respond very quickly to emails, ahnshow at africanhistorynetwork.com. All right, I want to go back here to uh, the story, and we're going to go to uh, uh, clip number one here in just a second. We're coming to clip number one, Jalen. Right before the break, we were talking about this study that I've talked about a number of times here on the show. This came out September 2020. This article is from CBS News. Racism has cost the U.S. $16 trillion. Citigroup fines. This is from Citigroup Bank. Okay. So read that uh, article. And then uh, I want to go back to this story here from uh, NBC News, which deals with the California Reparations Task Force the, uh, on Wednesday, June 1st, 2022, which coincidentally, is the 101st year uh, commemoration of the Tulsa Race Massacre, June 1st, 1921. Uh, June 1st, 2022, they released this 500-page study. California's unprecedented reparations report details 150 years of anti-Black harm, details 150 years of anti-Black harm. 
Okay. Uh, so if we go back to this piece here. Uh, let me see. What we, okay. So they talk about HR 40. Now, the California report covers not just the immediate impact of enslavement, not just the immediate impact of enslavement, but also the harms of decades of political neglect, finding that there has been sustained damage, finding that, that, that there has been sustained damage to generations of African-Americans. The reason why this is so important is, as I've said before, his, uh, California does not have a, a, a large history of slavery. They don't. There's a period of time after California is allowed to come into the Union. California comes into the Union in 1850 as a free state. They're going to have about 1,500 African-Americans that are in a quasi-slavery state. But they don't have a big history of slavery. They do have a big history of discrimination, redlining, all types of other laws and policies that did harm to African-Americans and continue to do harm. So when we talk about repairing the damage, it's not just dealing with slavery. It's dealing with all that that happened after slavery ended. This is why reparations have to be comprehensive. And this is why reparations cannot be just in the form of money. Because as I, as I said numerous times before, if we all got a million dollars today, white people will have it all back by this time next week. And the only thing we would have done is stimulate their, their economy. If we all got a million dollars today or half a million dollars, whatever number you want to put on it, white people will have it all back by this time next week. The laws and policies that created the disparities would still be there. You haven't even scratched the surface. That's why you have to do a systems analysis of this. That's why studies like this are so important. Because you're just dealing at the surface level. You're dealing with symptoms. You got to get down to the root problem. The damage has had a lasting effect on the political, a lasting effect on the political, economic, social, physical, mental, mental and cultural well-being of black people, particularly those descended from the formerly enslaved. So we're dealing with African-Americans, we're dealing with a people who have largely been taught to hate themselves. This is why we're the only people who they can put out dehumanizing music about us and call us all type of N-words and Bs and things like this, and we don't retaliate against it. They know they can get away with it. We're the only people they can do that with. We're the only people who would allow a corporation like Atlanta Records to put out a song like WAP by Cardi B featuring Megan Thee Stallion and put out a video like WAP and Atlanta Records st is still in existence. Nobody else would tolerate something like that. When uh, Michael Jackson, I think it was 1992 or so, he had a song called they, they Don't Really Care About Us. And he had a couple lines in the song that the Jewish community felt was derogatory against Jews. They made, I think the, re I think the record company at the time was Sony Records. They made Sony take all those CDs off the shelf, take those lines out, and then put the CD back on the shelf. Go research it. I got articles from the uh, Anti-Defamation League that deal with this. This was the king of pop. He didn't mean anything negative by it. They didn't play games. We're the only people. 
who tolerate some nonsense like this. The reason why is because what you do for yourself and what you do to yourself and what you allow other people to do to you and get away with is based upon what you think about yourself. What you think about yourself is based upon what you have been taught about yourself. What you've been taught about yourself is based upon everything you've read, heard, and seen about yourself. We're the only people who tolerate some nonsense like this, okay? When, when you go look at this right here, the mental damage, okay? You're dealing with the people who've largely been taught to hate themselves, who've been taught to see reality through the eyes of Europeans. We've been stripped of our history, culture, language, spiritual systems, stripped of our names, our family ties to uh, 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 our ancestry in Africa. So if you give a mentally damaged people money and you don't deal with repairing the holistically the damage that's done, what do you think of brain damaged people are going to do with money? Well, all you got to do is look at the spending patterns of African-Americans right now. Every year we go to conferences and talk about how we spend 97% of our dollars with people that don't look like us. What the hell do you think is going to happen if we get a lump sum of money? This is why cash payments can be part of a comprehensive reparations package to repair the damage of a legacy of slavery and decades of Jim Crow segregation, redlining, etc. But no way in the hell. Should reparations only be in the form of money? Because white people are going to get it all back by this time next week. This is the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Jeanette Davis is a well-established author with six published books. Black Survival in White America from Past History to the Next Century was published in 1995, and it delves into the history of African Americans before slavery up to contemporary times. The Great Divide Between Blacks and Whites was released in 2008, and her autobiography, Black Just Like My Mama, was published in 2010. Soulful Journey, The Business of Beings, was released in December 2021, and her two latest books, Echoes from the Heart, Love Throws Poetry, and Master Being Human, were both published in January of 2022. Jeanette Davis' writings delve deeply into the psyche of black people from ancient to contemporary times. She cuts no corners and leaves no stones unturned in relating truth, letting the chips fall where they may on both African and European doorsteps. Order Jeanette Davis' books today at Amazon.com. Search for Jeanette Davis and get to know her work today. The work that I do is larger than the fashion industry, it's larger than the art world. And I believe that I was born to bring newness into this world. I'm Kaima McIntyre, I'm 24 years old and I'm an artist. I create everything from paintings to jewelry design, metaphysical jewelry to be specific, and fashion design. The only reason why my prom dress went viral is because people needed it. Within a few days of going viral, Notori Naughton reached out to me. She's like, I saw your dress, can you make me a dress? I was equally as shocked to be asked by a celebrity to design their dress at the age of 17. That's just one person and the list just continues to go on to Janet Jackson, to Tyra Banks. It really hits home. That means that the discussion is happening on the grounds in real time. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on that 10 a.m. Superstation Future Radio. We're in our second hour. Let's keep in mind we're on Sundays, 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, this article here, we're dealing with this topic. Uh, this article came out March 30th, 2022. We've talked about it here a number of times here on the show. California Task Force 
votes to offer reparations only to descendants of enslaved people, only to descendants of enslaved people. This was a 5-4 decision. The decision came after weeks of debate about whether all black Californians should receive reparations. The reason why they had to do it for those who are actually descendants of formerly enslaved African people, as opposed to all African-Americans or people of African descent in the state of California, is because there's a law in California that bans race-based policies, that bans discrimination from certain policies, discrimination against different racial groups, things like this from policies. They, it bans race-based policies. So they're doing it based upon lineage. And you're going to have to be able to trace your ancestry to an African-American who arrived in California prior to 1900, okay? Prior to 1900. Oh, actually, um, uh, to the United States, not just California, to the United States. In a closely watched decision, the state's reparation task force voted uh, to move forward with, and keep in mind, this was March, 2022, to move forward with compensation for African-American descendants of enslaved people and descendants of freed black people living in the United States prior or before the 19th century. So before the year 1900, if your ancestors came here to this country in 1902, you're going to be out of luck. And guess what? If we ever get reparations from the federal government, it's going to be based upon lineage as well. Okay. Why is this? Why is this? Okay. Well, I'm so glad you asked that question. The reason why is because of law. Okay. How many people know that the uh, 1964 Voting Rights Act makes it illegal to discriminate based upon race in federally funded programs? Um, you can, 1964 Civil Rights Act is Title VI. It's at archives.gov, which is the U.S. National Archives. I encourage people to actually read the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And it breaks it down. Um, I'm going to pull it up right here. It's Title VI. I want to show it to you because it's important to understand law because we don't understand history, law. Like I said, Americans are very ignorant of history law, things like this, but especially African-Americans. That's why a lot of these uh, social media, black social media pimps that, are, that have a disinformation campaign, that's why a lot of them are so successful because we don't, understand, we don't understand a lot of this. Okay, if we look at Title VI, non-discrimination in federally funded programs, this is at archives.gov, the U.S. National Archives, the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Title VI, non-discrimination in federally assisted programs. Section 601, section 601. I'm blowing this up on the screen. I want the people with even bad eyes to be able to read this. Let's go back to this. Title VI, section 601. Non-discrimination in fairly funded programs. Okay. Here's what it says. 
no person in the United States shall on the ground of race, color, or national origin be excluded from participating in, be excluded from participating in, be denied the benefit of, or be subjected to discrimination under any program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Okay, now, state of California has a similar law. This is why you can't have race-based programs. This is why you can't have programs just for black people. This is why you can't have programs just for African-Americans. This is why it makes no sense to me when you got people putting out black agendas saying they want race-based programs and something only for black people, which means one, you didn't understand law. You don't understand law. Two, you haven't read the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Three, you didn't even consult with attorneys to make sure what your proposal proposing is legal. You didn't even consult with attorneys to make sure what you're proposing is legally sound, especially attorneys who have experiencing crafting, who have experienced crafting legislation. You didn't consult with them because if you did, they would have told you what you're proposing is illegal. It's not going to happen. So you're selling crack pipe dreams. Who has explained this to you? All those watching, all those who are going to listen on the podcast. Who has explained this to you? I've talked about this before, right here on this show. When I was on a committee to write an executive order for the city of Detroit, because I've had experience writing public policy for a major city. When I was on the committee to write an executive order for the city of Detroit, for the mayor's office, the committee was headed up by the mayor's corporate counsel, who's a lawyer. In our first session, it took us 13 months to finally get the executive order done. It took us longer than we thought. We went through different revisions. There were different problems we went through. The first thing that the corporate counsel told us is that you cannot, we cannot have policies that are only for African-Americans. We can't have policies that are only for one race of people because it's illegal. What we can do is craft this policy that benefits Detroiters, people who live in Detroit. But we can't have policies that are only for black people. It's illegal. The city gets sued and they're going to lose in court. Hopefully. More people, more people will read this and stop putting this nonsense out to our people lying to them. This has been law since 1964. Why don't more of our people know this? Title VI of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. The reason why this is put in there, this is something we advocated for, because we were being discriminated against by federal policy for decades. This is at archives.gov. What's archives.gov? The official website of the U.S. National, US, US National Archives, where all this information is. These federal bills, U.S. Constitution, Declaration of Independence, all this stuff. Archives.gov. Free website. All right. Um, I want to go to this clip here, clip number one. This is from NBC News, June 1st, 2022. California reparations 
report details 150 years of moral and legal wrongs. Let's go to clip one, please, Jalen. California, making the most significant step in American history toward granting its African-American descendants of slaves reparations. It's substantiating the claim for reparations for the African-American or American freedmen community on the municipal, state, and federal level. On Wednesday afternoon, the state government releasing the report of a task force formed by the state legislature to study the history of slavery, the state's sponsorship of it, and its costs on Californians today. We made the historic decision to affirm what we called lineage-based eligibility. So what that means is the community of eligibility will comprise of African Americans who are descendants of free and enslaved black people who were living in the United States prior to 1900. The group proposing that the state now offer reparations for direct descendants of slaves now living in California but also, for instance, individuals outside of California whose ancestors were harmed by the state's policies. In 1852, the report says there were approximately 1,500 enslaved African Americans in California. The task force is also recommending restitution for black individuals whose ancestors were forced by the government out of their homes for government projects like highway construction, but also for consequences reaped by generations of government-complicit racism involving housing, employment, and educational discrimination. We pay for what we want to. We pay for wars. We pay for redevelopment of communities. And I think that we're capable. The question is, do we have the will? Do we have the moral fiber? This is the most extensive government commissioned report on America's black population in more than 50 years since President Lyndon Johnson's 1968 Kerner Commission. California Governor Gavin Newsom backed the creation of this California task force in 2020. The group will now spend the next year proposing the mechanisms in which reparations would be extended. In Wednesday's report, it already outlined the creation of a government office to help residents track their family lineage and file reparations claims. What does the action of this report actually ultimately look like? I think it's a great opportunity to set an example for the rest of the nation on what atonement looks like, but more importantly, what an apology and, uh, and reparations can look like. The hope for the task force that the state government will lead the way in making good on the report's proposals. Do you have faith, though, that those very lawmakers will take action and offer those reparations uh, of, based off the findings of this report? Absolutely. I have um, the absolute faith in the California state legislature to take uh, this to the finish line, so to speak. Um, absolutely. All right, Vaughn Hilliard is joining us now. So, Vaughn, this is the task force's initial report. What happens now? Yeah, Tom, one year from now is when we will be revisiting this very conversation because this task force has been assigned by the state legislature to figure out how to best offer these reparations, how the mechanics of this would actually work here. And that is uh, very much the complicating part of all this. When we look at the federal level, Tom, the U.S. Congress, Democrats have introduced uh, a proposal since 1989, every year since 1989, uh, calling for a commission to look at reparations across the country. But even in this Democratic uh, backed house here that has never come to a 
full House floor vote. Uh, now, there are some justice groups that have called on President Biden just last month to uh, issue an executive order, which would call for a commission on reparations. He is yet to do so as well. And that is why there are so many eyes looking at what California ultimately does here in the year ahead. Okay. All right. Great reporting there from Vaughn Hilliard for NBC News. That's at, uh, that clip is at um, NBCnews.com. I think it's also on MSNBC's website. Name of that clip, California Reparations Report details 150 years of moral and legal wrongs. Uh, the article I was showing you from NBC News, this one right here, that clip is in this article, so you can watch it in its entirety. And this is why it's important to understand law as well okay because in the state of california they have a law it's illegal to have race-based policies so that's, this is why they have to do it based upon lineage they can't have policies that are only for one race of people all right and at the federal government title six of the 1964 civil rights act bans race-based policies as well this is why it's important to understand law Okay, uh, we'll continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show. I'm Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Abundant Capital Group is a real estate investment company with over 20 years of experience in real estate. They specialize in two areas of real estate. One, they solve real estate problems with creative financing solutions that give the seller the most money for their property. And two, they show individuals how to get a higher rate of return on their investment capital with real estate note investing. If you are looking to sell or need to sell your property, here is what they provide. Market value offer, even if you have little or no equity, they typically pay all closing costs, which can be thousands of dollars. They close on a date of the seller's choosing and the seller does not have to be out of the house at the time of closing. They take the property in an as-is condition and the seller is not required to make any repairs. Give them a call or email them today for a free consultation and see how they can help you with your real estate needs. Call them at 973-475-8488. That's 973-475-8488. Visit their website, AbundantCapitalGroup.com, that's AbundantCapitalGroup.com, and email them at ACG at AbundantCapitalGroup.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Abundant Capital Group. What does self-care mean to you? To us, it's an opportunity to reconnect with nature, a chance to create something remarkable at sage and elm apothecary our handcrafted skin care and household products immerse you in earth's sweetest nectar connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined see for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on the Antenna on the Superstation, the Future Radio. Okay, uh, calling numbers 313-778-7600. If you have a question or comment, 313-778-7600. If you have a question or comment. Okay, I want to go back to um, 
this article Cole, we were looking at right before the break. We're going to clip number two, Jalen, from ABC News Channel 10 out of California. We're going to that here in just a minute. Um, if we go back to uh, NBC News had a really good article here and it referenced the Kerner Commission report. We're going to talk about the Kerner Commission report here in just a minute. Now, in that segment I just played from NBC News from June 1st, 2022, California reparations report details 150 years or more on legal wrongs. Uh, at the end, Von Hilliard talked about how um, people are activists asking President Joe Biden to do an executive order to convene a commission to study reparations and make recommendations. He, he can do that. It's not going to have the same impact as a congressional study. The reason why is, is because Congress has to vote on this. The White House does not vote on reparations. The White House can't give out reparations. The ability to tax and spend based upon Article 1, Section 9, Clause 7 of the U.S. Constitution belongs to Congress. Congress has to vote on, on this. It has to pass the House and the Senate. So the, 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 it, it, it has more weight for the task force to originate in Congress and be a congressional task force. And Congress does oversight. Congress does studies all the time on all different subjects. Because Congress has to vote on it, it has more weight for that task force to come from Congress. I think before, if Biden organizes a task force, what he should do now, when he came into office, what he did was he disbanded the 1776 commission that the trader in chief Benedict Donald organized and Benedict Donald uh, commissioned the 1776 report, which was historically inaccurate, things like this. Biden should do a report. He, Biden should convene a commission that does the opposite of what the 1776 commission did. He should convene a commission that deal, that puts together a report that deals with the real history of this country and give America a real history that lesson that America needs because Americans are very ignorant of history. And then uh, after that, he can do, he, if he wants to do an executive order to form a reparations task force, or maybe at the same time, but you got to deal, you got to have a commission also to counter what the 1776 commission did. He did disband the 1776 commission. He did take down the study that was at whitehouse.gov. You need to have another commission to educate all of America on the history of this country and put that study at whitehouse.gov also. All right. Um, but this all deals with voting because you need 60 votes in the Senate to get any reparations bill passed in the Senate. Okay. So show me two Republicans that support, you need 10 Republicans to vote for a bill to study reparations. You don't have two Republicans. You don't even have one. The black Republican, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina, already said he's not voting for reparations, any reparations bill, even to study it. So what, what, what does that mean? You got to vote more people into the Senate who support reparations, any type, restitution, whatever you want to call it. You have to vote more people in the office that support that and, and, and put the people back in office in the House of Representatives because they're up for every two years who support it. What I'm hearing, they have over 218 votes to get H.R. 40 passed in the House. It's dead on arrival in the Senate. So we have to understand long-term strategy 
to get bills passed out of the House and out of the Senate to get it to, to the president's desk to sign in the law. Getting the bill passed in the House of Representatives is just getting to the 50 yard line. You have to get the bill. You have to go another 50 yards and get into the end zone. Okay. Um, if you go back to this, we're going to go to clip two in just a second here. Uh, I want to squeeze. Uh, I want to go back to this article here before we go back, before we come up on another break. Okay. So if we go back to this piece here, every now Camila Moore is the chairwoman of this commission. And she was also in the clip that you heard that I just played from NBC News. She's an attorney, people. She's an attorney, okay, also. Uh, Roland Martin has interviewed her on Roland Martin Unfiltered. Camila Moore said every state has, every state has some history in the African-American community. Every state has some history of harm in the African-American community. Every state has some history in the harm of the African-American community, said Camila Moore, a Los Angeles-based attorney and repertory justice scholar, reparations justice scholar, who chairs the California's Reparations Task Force. The nine-member task force, which a state law created in 2020, so you got the task force through voting, is a state law that created the task force. It was laws and policies to put us in this predicament. It's going to be laws and policies to get us out of this predicament. You can have all the economic empowerment you want. I'm all for economic empowerment. My, my degree is in business administration. I understand this better than most people. Government and policies shape the economy that your economic empowerment operates within. Government and policies shape the economy that your black-owned business depends upon to survive. And it's not going to be economic empowerment alone that gets us out of this predicament. Because it was laws and policies that put us in this predicament. The nine-member task force, which a state law created in 2020, is charged with studying the impacts of enslavement on black Californians and coming up with possible plans for restitution. Now, here's a picture of the 11-member Kerner Commission. Okay, Senator Edward Brooks was on the, he was an African-American Republican senator. He was uh, on the Kerner Commission also. This was convened uh, July 28th, uh, 1967, with President, President Lyndon Johnson. This picture here is um, from July 31st, 1967. Okay, it was commissioned uh, July 28th, 1967. This uh, uh, picture here is from the first meeting of the National Advisory Commission on Civil Disorders, also called the Kerner Commission. Uh, this is the first meeting at the White House, okay? Now, this interim report coming from the California State, uh, California Reparations Task Force, this interim report produced by the civil rights arm of the California Department of Justice with input from the task force includes testimony from experts like Dr. Greg Carr. I'm gonna play a clip of Dr. Greg Carr here in just a minute, chair. Uh, who's chair of the Afro-American Studies Department, Howard University, includes testimony from experts and public meetings of the task force, as well as a comprehensive review of media articles, academic, paper, academic papers, and historical documents. Members of the task force argue that the report is the most comprehensive look at structural barriers African-Americans face since the 1968 Kerner Commission report, okay? 
members of the task force argue that the report, this 500 page report is the most comprehensive look at structural barriers African-Americans face since the 1968 Kerner Commission report. A second report from the California task force detailing specific reparations proposals and who should be eligible for the remedies for the repairing of the damage is expected next year in 2023. Okay, I wanna go to uh, this next clip here. This is from ABC Channel 10, um, Calif uh, California Reparations Task Force, money not the only solution, okay? And you're gonna hear from assembly, uh, assemblymen, uh, uh, an assemblyman here uh, who's talking about this bill. Let's go to uh, clip two, please. The California Reparations Force released its groundbreaking report today detailing the ongoing harms black Americans have suffered as a result of slavery and its lingering effects to this day. ABC 10's Becca Hobbegger is walking us through this 500-page report and why task force members say it's an important step forward. When you read what has been done in California against African Americans, it's unbelievably eye-opening. Democratic Assemblymember Reginald Byron Jones Sawyer Sr. is one of nine members of the California Reparations Task Force. Established 2020 when state lawmakers passed AB 3121, the task force is the first statewide effort in the nation to examine the long-lasting impacts of slavery and how to make amends. We really do need to look at some of the laws that were in place that restricted African Americans to live certain places, that restricted who you could marry. You could not marry out of your race here in California. And so the, the vestiges of, of slavery that may have started in the South and the East Coast still permeated in California society. For a year now, the task force has met almost monthly, discussing different topics each time, like gentrification and homelessness, racism in banking, discrimination in the tech sector, and at the start of it all, slavery with testimony from invited speakers, including doctors, professors, civil rights leaders and activists, as well as comments from the public. The result is this newly released 500-page report. This is really about harm to the descendants of slaves, so that we can then go back and say, what do we need to reverse those harms? Harms, for example, like despite California entering the Union in 1850 as a free state, its early state government supported slavery. Some scholars estimate that up to 1,500 enslaved African Americans lived in California in 1852. California did not allow black men to vote until 1879. The state also passed many of the voter suppression laws that were used in the South. California prohibited individuals convicted of felonies from voting, added a poll tax, and put in place a literacy test. The report also has some preliminary recommendations for reparations, although a final report due a year from now will detail the steps they'd like state lawmakers to take. Just giving the community money is not the solution. You have to give them other things to make sure they, they make Okay, we're going to continue this on the other side of the break. This is what I'm trying to explain all the cut the check people who don't understand history, policy, law. Just giving money ain't going to solve it. You have to, to, to repair the damage. You have to analyze the damage done. That's why studies like this are so important. Okay, we're going to continue this on the other side of the break. Listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. Abundant Capital Group is a real estate investment company with over 20 years of experience in real estate. They specialize in two areas of real estate. One, they solve real estate problems with creative financing solutions that give the seller the most money for their property. 
and two, they show individuals how to get a higher rate of return on their investment capital with real estate note investing. If you are looking to sell or need to sell your property, here is what they provide. Market value offer, even if you have little or no equity, they typically pay all closing costs, which can be thousands of dollars. They close on a date of the seller's choosing and the seller does not have to be out of the house at the time of closing. They take the property in an as-is condition and the seller is not required to make any repairs. Give them a call or email them today for a free consultation and see how they can help you with your real estate needs. Call them at 973-475-8488. That's 973-475-8488. Visit their website, AbundantCapitalGroup.com. That's AbundantCapitalGroup.com. And email them at ACG at AbundantCapitalGroup.com. Follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Abundant Capital Group. iRedify is a black-owned digital platform that showcases black and brown cultures and people. The books on the platform are written by African-American authors, Afro-Caribbean authors, African authors, and so much more. Kids 14 and under can read e-books, listen to audiobooks, and complete learning activities. Kids can even write in the books digitally. Get unlimited access to everything on the platform for only $8.99 a month at iRedify.com. Sign up for your membership today. Give you an update on what's going on. This is about self-preservation. We have to extinguish the fire of white supremacy. See, let's just have consequences. Catch it all right here on 910 AM Superstation. All right, welcome back to the African History Network show right here on that 10 a.m. Superstation Future Radio. Um, there's a good uh, call number 313 uh, 313-778-7600 is a call in number if you have a question or comment. Um, for some reason, people think Americans understand U.S. history. No, they don't. And historians will tell you this, Okay. Not only that, we don't understand the U.S. Constitution. There's a good segment. There's a good article and there's, there's a segment from uh, CBS News from January 19th, 2021. We've dealt with it here on this show before. I encourage everybody to go read this article and watch the video in it. Most Americans don't know what's in the Constitution. A crisis of civic education. This is January 20, January 19th, 2021. This is about two weeks after the January 6th, 2021 insurrection. This is the day before President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris were sworn into office. Okay. Watch the video in here and go read this article. Just as Americans don't understand the Constitution, they don't understand history. And a lot of them don't understand how all this is connected to laws and policies and connected to what's taking place right now. This is how this game could be ran on people. OK, you look at the article that we talk about from uh, Time magazine that deals with how 45 out of 50 states in their schools are not teaching the history of Reconstruction properly or, or not teaching the history of Reconstruction at all. And most of these students won't get an educational Reconstruction until they get to college, but most of them are not going to go to college. For various reasons, um, this article here talks about how the 
uh, inauguration process is detailed in the 20th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The impeachment of a president is in Article One of the U.S. Constitution. Article One deals with the powers. There's seven articles to the U.S. Constitution, 27 amendments. Article One deals with the powers of Congress. Article Two deals with the power of the presidency. The inauguration process is detailed in the, in the 20th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The impeachment of a president is described in Article One, Section Two and Three. Article One, Sections Two and Three, and the 2020 election results were certified by uh, the states and counted by Congress in accordance with Article Two and the 12th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, 12th Amendment of 1803. And the and the and the um, the electoral college certifies the uh, presidential election votes on the first Sunday following the second Wednesday in December. The first Sunday following the second Wednesday in December. So, uh, but for all its wisdom, the Constitution has a problem. Most Americans don't know what's in it. Republicans and Democrats both say they're protecting the Constitution. Benedict Donald, President Trump, referenced the Constitution no fewer than 16 times ahead of the Capitol riots this month, January 2021, when this article came out, urging supporters to fight a supposedly unconstitutional election. The election was constitutional. Uh, they, the support, the, um, insurrectionists that breached the U.S. Capitol building interrupted a constitutionally mandated joint session of Congress to certify the presidential election results. Jeffrey Rosen, CBS News constitutional law expert, told CBS this morning, uh, he said, we are living in unprecedented times. Now, the Constitution is a 7,500 word blueprint for America, establishing our national government, basic rights and a process for addressing our problems, at least in theory. Quote, the Constitution provides as many questions and answers, and it provides a forum or a platform for civil dialogue and debate so we can peacefully resolve those questions, he said. Uh, he also he's also president of the National Constitution uh, center. Okay. Now, um, there's no doubt that we are in a crisis of civic education. There's no doubt we are in a crisis of civic education. The framers knew that the consequences of constitutional ignorance and being guided by passion rather than reason were, were armed mobs rather than reason were armed mobs. Well, we just saw that they were right about that. He replied. The Constitution outlines that every immigrant to this country has to pass a civics test to become a naturalized citizen. You might assume Americans by birth might do at least as well as Americans by choice, but that wasn't always the case. CBS News decided to use some basic questions from that very exam to ask people just how much they knew and get a sense of just how deep a crisis the country is in. This also is tied to a lack of understanding of history and lack of understanding of the history of slavery, the legacy of slavery, things like this. This is why you need these studies. People that don't think you need these studies haven't studied this history. And you haven't, you don't understand 
how dumbed down of, a, of an electorate and a citizen, citizenry we're dealing with. Read this article here from um, uh, CBS News, okay? Now, I want to go to this, uh, okay, because we got, okay, we had time before the break. I want to go, I want to go back to uh, clip number two, finish the rest of clip number two. This is from ABC Channel 10. Uh, this clip is from June 1st, 2022. California Reparations Task Force, money not the only solution. Let's go back to this clip, please, Jalen. You have to give them other things to make sure they, they make their community whole. This is better education, access to capital, being able to close the earnings gap. Task force members call this the most comprehensive report of its kind since 1968, when President Lyndon B. Johnson commissioned a study on the root causes of urban riots and civil unrest happening at the time. The so-called Kerner Commission report famously stated, this is our basic conclusion. Our nation is moving toward two societies, one black, one white, separate and unequal. That was 54 years ago, and the words remain just as relevant today, say members of the California Reparations Task Force. There have been things that have gone on in America that have stifled, impeded, or stopped African Americans from really realizing our full potential. The task force hopes this new report will spark conversations on the state level, be a model for other states, and even inspire federal lawmakers. It's not all about money. It's about generational change for all African Americans. Now, the task force voted in March to limit restitution to descendants of enslaved black people. As for next steps, the report is going to state lawmakers for their review. Now, the final report is due next year. You can read today's report or a shorter summary with key findings. We have links to both at abc10.com. All right. You see this okay, pause right there. Thank you. Great reporting from um, abc10.com. Um, and also read this article here from March 2022 from New York Times. Uh, California task force votes to offer reparations only to descendants of enslaved people. That's because in California they have a law that bans race-based policies. You can't have laws or policies for only one race of people in the state of California. Same thing exists uh, at the federal level because of Title VI of the 1964 Civil Rights Act non-discrimination in federal and federally assisted programs section 601 of the 1964 civil rights act as uh we talked about earlier in the show okay so re read that as well uh, this is why it's important to study law uh, 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 to understand law if you're going to craft policies and deal with policies and say we want this and we want that and 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 stop listening to these uh People just putting this nonsense out here, pimping our people. Once again, this is uh, 1964 Civil Rights Act. This is at archives.gov. Archives.gov, official website of the U.S. National Archives. Title VI, Non-Discrimination and Federally Assisted Programs, Section 601. No person in the United States shall, on the, on the ground of race, color, or national origin, be excluded from participation in, be denied the benefits of, or be subjected to discrimination under any program or activity receiving federal financial assistance. Okay, now uh, I want you to hear quickly hear from Dr. Greg Carr, chair of the Afro-American Studies Department at uh, Howard University. 
uh, I want to go to clip three here. Jalen, this is from Roland Martin Unfiltered from Thursday, uh, June 2nd, 2022. Let's go to this clip, please. Who you think you're going to be dealing with to try to get it? Right. Like, literally. I don't know about y'all. I ain't heard one Republican say, I'm down reparations. <laughs> So no. it, it's sort of laughable that folks going to tear down one side, which is the only pathway you got. I mean, let's be real clear. Democrats control California House, mm-hmm. Senate, and the governor's mansion, which means you're going to have to convince them to get make this done. Exactly. And Greg... Every Democrat in California don't represent a black district. Mm-hmm. Black people only make up 6% of L.A. Yep. But these other folks, you swear they experts on politics. Go ahead. You're- okay, we'll continue this on another side of the break. Uh, I want you to hear from Dr. Greg Carr, and I'm going to share a segment uh, when I was on Roller Martin Unfiltered uh, on Friday, June 2nd, uh, Friday, June 3rd. Listen to the African History Network show on Michael M. Hotel. We'll be back in a few minutes. IDO Network International, in collaboration with STL Black Woman, DACA, and ACTA, present the Royal Pilgrimage to the Americas, August 24th through the 28th. The African kings and queens are coming to you for business, networking, and sharing of Pan African ideals. The venue will be the illustrious En Garde Arts Hotel in St. Louis, Missouri. A royal cultural experience and exhibitions, trade and investment opportunities in Africa, the Caribbean, and the Americas. A royal Pan-African summit hosting keynote speakers and a red carpet banquet. Come and witness our African royal coronation ceremony. Register at www.idonetwork.org to book your ticket to wine and dine with African royalty. Vendor opportunities available. Get face-to-face with the royals who own the land and resources for business. Contact DACA for deal room information at 602-730-4572. What does self-care mean to you? To us? It's an opportunity to reconnect with nature. A chance to create something remarkable. At Sage and Elm Apothecary, our handcrafted skincare and household products immerse you in Earth's sweetest nectar, connecting you to nature in a way you never imagined. See for yourself and visit us at sageandelmapothecary.com. Welcome back to the African History Network show right here on 910 AM, the Superstation of Future Radio. Okay, hey, I want to um, let you know that coming up um, Wednesday, June 15th, at Nandy's Knowledge Cafe, director Amadeus Christ, who's the director of the new documentary, Heavy is the Crown, which is in the Out of Darkness series. And Heavy is the Crown deals with the African origins of the major uh, world religions. Um, Amadeus is going to do a screening of the documentary Heavy is the Crown, which features Professor Kabahai Wapakamane 
and Professor Jane Small, who are two of my teachers. We have them here on the African History Network show in the month of April 2022. Also features uh, Tony Browder and uh, David Banner. Uh, so it was a $15 donation. Uh, it's taking place Wednesday, June 15, 2022. Showtime is 7 p.m. I'll be there as well. And I'll um, have a vendor table, my DVD lectures, things like that. Nanny's Knowledge Cafe is located at 71 Oakman Avenue in Highland Park, Michigan. 71 Oakman Avenue, Highland Park, Michigan. Uh, you get popcorn and lemonade with uh, the donation as well. For more information, call 313-865-1288. 313-865-1288. We'll also uh, have this at our website, AfricanHistoryNetwork.com. Next Sunday, uh, on our Sunday, June 12th show, uh, our guest is going to be uh, Director Amadeus Christ to talk about uh, this documentary and talk about the screening uh, as well. Okay, uh, let's go back quickly here to a couple minutes of uh, this clip here from Roland Martin Unfiltered. And um, uh, Dr. Greg Carr and Roland were talking about the California Reparations Task Force in a 500 page study. This is from June 2nd, 2022. Let's go back to a couple more minutes of this, uh, Jalen. Your thoughts? No, I'll just keep this quick. I'm very torn by this report. I haven't read all the 500 pages, but I've read most of them. It only came out yesterday after all. <laughs> so I'll catch in. But uh, I'm, I'm very torn about this. Um, there's very little new in the report. We've seen these kind of reports before. Our fair brother, Paul Wilson, in 1951, we charged genocide. Before I'm there with the United Nations. That's a whole other conversation. But... Um, I was concerned, first of all, that the entire document was drafted and written and edited by lawyers and law clerks and members of the AG office in California, that the supporting contributors were all law clerks or, or lawyers in the AG's department, that the expert commentators, the expert contributors, rather, there were four, I think, four or six of them, Sandy Darity and Kristen Mullen, his partner, were at the heart of this which is why the deeply flawed logic of the structure of the report was just alarming to me. This is intellectual warfare. You might, you might only get one shot at this. What, what, what we see is the litany of abuses. They did a decent job at that, although reading through the footnotes, I was, I was very concerned about who they didn't include. This is when you put your best foot forward and the cherry picking. And I don't blame these, the staff because they don't know black scholarship. So I know why you picked certain people and, and left everybody else out. Uh, I was concerned, if I'll end with this, uh, the chapter on economic kind of harm. Yeah, Sandy Darity's footnotes were all through that. I see what he's doing. You kind of model this up so you can get at H.R. 40, the federal legislation. And here's where the concern comes in. And here's where if you're going to get this through, it's going to be an issue. Everything in just about all of those chapters applies to anybody black. So at the end of the executive su summary, for Section 15, the, the call they proposed setting up something called the California African-American Freedmen Affairs Agency to help people trace their lineage. Lineage is going to be the hill that fractures this whole thing. How mm -hmm. people who came from the Caribbean, who suffered the afterlives of enslavement that are shot through your entire document, how are you going to exclude people in all of those categories who suffer because they're black? Now, I get the class thing. I get that there are differences. I get it better than you do. Trust me on that. But the point is this. You cannot make a political coalition when you start with who you're going to lead out of it. And it's going to be a whole bunch of white people show up with better records than you do saying, give me my reparation in whatever form Woo! it is. And I think mm. that hill, I'm waiting to see what comes up next in this next part of the report. But, but Roland, I, I should end on a positive note. I said it's going to be, let me just say this. <laughs> this is a step forward. 
I'm not mm-hmm. saying like black people. What I'm saying is we got to be smarter than that. We come from a tradition of much better intellectual work than this. So I'm saying, yes, we got to fight. But damn it, they passed a damn uh, ballot initiative in California that re- uh, doesn't allow you to use race in a remedy. So you just going to accept that? I'm with you, Reese. You gotta, now you got to get out and pass a new ballot initiative to take that off because they're hiding behind interpretation of the law to try to exclude black people. And, I, and that's something that, you know, I'm torn. I, I, the best right. I can do right, now is just be right quiet. There. Well, Greg, okay, Greg has one person. Right got people in the pause chat right there. Going. Pause it right there. Jalen, stop the clip. Pause it. Thank you. All right. Now, uh, we're going to go to clip three. This is from uh, June 3rd, 2022. I was on Roller Martin Unfiltered. But it's very important people understand. You got white people who have African slave ancestry also because of intermixing, either forced intermixing or um, by choice, whatever it is, really don't matter at this point. You got white people who have better records than we do because of slavery and we, you know, don't a lot of us don't have the records and they gonna qualify for reparations too nobody wants to talk about that uh i want to go to this clip here uh friday when i was on roller martin unfiltered we talked about the jobs report and the lack of communication from the white house on uh the the positive things that uh the biden harris administration has has done let's go to uh this clip Jalen. but the point that I, i'm making here uh michael that is still it's confusing to me when you're able to say, hey, folks, and, and, and to me, it has to be repeated over and over again. Hey, Correct. this is what the price of gas was in January before Putin went into Ukraine. Gas has gone up a dollar and 40 cents. Now, right. the reality is Biden can't stop that. Congress can't stop that. And I think part of this problem is that we have a bunch of simple Simons in this country who somehow don't understand that we literally are living in a global economy and what the hell happens on the other side of the world has a direct impact on price of gasoline in the United States. Well, you're absolutely correct. The, uh, the European Union, it just came out 8.1% uh, inflation year over year. Uh, so what happens on the other side of the world impacts what happens here in the U.S. So, yes, uh, Biden and the White House, they need to have town hall meetings. Uh, they need to communicate the message over and over and over again. Also, they really need to hire some social media experts who can break this information down, disseminate this information to people who don't follow this on a daily basis, to Generation Z, to uh, millennials, et cetera. They have, they, they have good numbers, just like, you know, I think a uh, week before last, because we weren't on last Friday for Memorial Day, week before last, there's a 19, I talked about this 19-page document at whitehouse.gov that breaks down how the Biden-Harris administration policies are helping the African-American community. You, you, you would think that they would have that like on the front page of whitehouse.gov, okay? I know about it because I, I research things like that. But a lot of people don't know this stuff exists. If people just Google how have the policies of the Biden-Harris administration helped African-Americans... But they're not. They okay, but Michael, that's the point. Yeah. No, the average person's not going to Google it. So you have to right. say it. It has to be consistent. You've got to be flooding yeah. the zone. You've got to be pushing people out there, driving the messaging. And I'm sorry, that's what they're not doing. And it's confusing to me why they're not. I mean, look, you mentioned social media. The story that I saw today, you got 70 people working in the White House dealing with social media. What the hell? What are they doing, though? What are they I have doing? no idea what the hell they're doing. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. So there, see, there's a one. There's there's you can have people working on social media, but they're not effective in working in social media. So I'm like, what are they doing? So th this is the other thing. So you have to, um, and, and you know, some of this may have to do with Biden being from a generation that you know, when most of the time when Biden was in the Senate, for instance, right? This was before social media really got big. Yes, we know he was in the in the White House with Obama, but it's like. If you have somebody, say, for instance, just give an example, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's much better with using social media to communicate with people than Biden is, all right, and the White House is. So they have to, they got to get it together. Otherwise, they're going to get killed in midterm elections. You know, now, now Republicans don't have plans to deal with inflation. Republicans don't have plans to deal with the baby formula short shortage. We know a couple of weeks ago when the bill came up in the House of Representatives to address the baby formula shortage issue, 192 Republicans voted against the bill. They don't have plans to deal with it, but they're going to just complain about it and, and galvanize their, their white supremacist base along with critical race theory and all, all these other bills, voter suppression, to take back the House and the Senate. So we have to fight against that also. Bomb line here, Matt, you have strong economic numbers. Yes, you have inflation. Yes, you have an increase in gas prices. But you got to be able to better articulate what you're doing. You got to show people. And I think that's what they're not doing. They are not doing an effective job in showing people. It's just sort of this. Yes, you have, an, you have people who are operating in an analog world when you're living in a digital world. That's exactly right. And right now, it's more important than ever, not only to piggyback what both Kelly and Michael have said, but to disseminate that information and to make it digestible. Because to Kelly's earlier point, I think the American citizenry right now is is scared. I mean, there's so much going on. There are so many things that are having a measurable effect on their lives. So I think it's important for the Biden administration to counter that by saying, look, there is some good going on, and that good hopefully will translate to a, a better life for you. And here's how we anticipate that will happen. So for them to not be harnessing the power of social media particularly is concerning, but I think you're exactly right. It's a generational divide. But the thing about it is he's been around long enough and his administration has been around long enough to know that that's how the vast majority of, of Americans are getting their news these days and are being met with information. So for them to not harness it is purely negligence at this point. It makes no sense to me whatsoever. Okay. Uh, so those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. We're going to go for a few more minutes. We're out of time here on 9, 10 a.m. Superstation WFDF. Uh, they should Google it. Okay, they should Google it because they Google everything else. They'll Google what's going on with Cardi B and Offset or Megan Thee Stallion or um, Will and Jada or any of this other superfluous nonsense. They'll Google that. They should Google this as well. How have the policies of the Biden-Harris administration uh, helped the African-American community? A 19-page document is going to come up that's at uh, whitehouse.gov. We'll talk about this. Uh, we're going to go for a few more minutes. Those watching on Facebook and YouTube, keep watching. Uh, we'll be back next Sunday. Remember, right now is correct wrong behavior. It's not over till we win Wakanda forever. And we'll talk to you next time. Peace. Okay, stand by. Uh, let me pull this up quickly here. And um, I want the updated. I want the updated one. This is the one from uh, October 2021. There's an updated fact sheet, and there's 22 pages. Uh, equity, not that one. Not the one on equity. I want 
this one right here. And I'm going to um, search for this. I want the one from February 28th, February 28th, 2022, because this is the updated uh, fact sheet. Uh, let me see. Don't I have that up here? Okay, this is it right here. This is at whitehouse.gov. Whitehouse.gov is the official website of the White House. All this information is at whitehouse.gov. How many people have read this? Fact sheet. The Biden-Harris administration advances equity and opportunity for black people and, commun and communities across the country. If you Google how have the policies of the Biden-Harris administration helped the African-American community, this is the first thing that comes up. This is the most recent one. There's one from October 2021. Okay. This is the most recent one that comes up. Uh, and I, all you got to do is do a Yahoo search because we search everything else on Yahoo or Google. We need to start searching out stuff on politics. If you Google how have the policies of the Biden-Harris administration helped black people, this is comes up right here, this fact sheet. Okay. So we have to search out this information as well. Yeah, they need to do a better uh, uh, job of communicating, but also we need to do a better job of reading. We need to do a better job of researching this information and stop listening to these dumbasses on social media, keep lying to us and keep pimping us. Um, okay, so if we look at this here quickly, I don't have time to get to this. I want to get back to this clip here from um, from Friday. But if we look at this very quickly, what they do is they go category by category and break down how the policies from the Biden-Harris administration are helping African-Americans. Once, once again, the name of this fact sheet, the Biden-Harris administration advances equity and opportunity for black people and communities uh, and communities across the country. Okay. Um, so they look at first thing to look at economic opportunity for black families and communities, uh, by signing economic opportunities for black, uh, families and communities by signing into law, the historic American rescue plan, the historic American rescue plan, which no Republicans in the house of representatives, or U.S. Senate voted for. I can't stress that enough. Okay, um, and 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 the bipartisan infrastructure bill, which only 19 Republicans in the House voted for, and only 13 or 14 Republicans in the uh, House of Representatives voted for. Uh, in implementing robust regulatory reform, President Joe Biden has has helped create new economic opportunities for black Americans and made long overdue investments in black communities. These transformative policies and programs include, now one of them also is 500, uh, uh, $5.8 billion for HBCUs in 2021, which, which is a record amount of funding that HBCUs have, have gotten in one year. That's the most they've ever gotten in one year. Uh, providing immediate relief to black people and families through the American Rescue Plan. The American Rescue Plan provided cash relief directly to low and middle income Americans last year and cut black child poverty by 
Now, yes, it expired. You want to institute the child tax credit again. You're going to need 60 votes in the Senate or at least 55 votes to change the filibuster. So in the November 2022 midterm election, we have to vote more Republicans out of the Senate and vote more Democrats into the Senate who will vote to do a carve out to the filibuster or change the filibuster rules. Because I don't think you're going to get I don't think you're going to get 60 Democrats uh, out of the 2022 midterm election. I don't think you're going to pick up 10 seats in the Senate. You can pick up five. Possible you could pick up 10, but it's, it's a long shot to pick up 10. You get the 55. You can do carve outs to the filibuster and get some more of these bills passed. And, and change the filibuster, go back to the standing talking filibuster also, so because it's too easy to implement the filibuster rule. You can just call from your Senate office and tell the Senate majority leader that you want to filibuster a bill. Historically, it was not that easy to filibuster a bill. Okay, uh, lifting, so cut child black child poverty by 33%, lifting more than 1 million black children out of poverty in December 2021 alone. Keep in mind, the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan, no Republicans in the House or the Senate voted for the bill. So so when Republicans come to you for the 2022 midterm election, talk about how great the American Rescue Plan has been for their state or for their district, you'll be armed with the information to ask the question, why didn't you vote for the bill? If you're talking about how good the bill is, why didn't you vote for the bill? The president's plans call for extending this critical tax cut, which expired in December 2021, in addition to the American Rescue Plan increase, uh, SNAP, Supplemental Nutrition uh, Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP benefits increased by 15% through September 2021, beginning on October 4th, 2021, October 1st, 2021, USDA's thrifty plan updated increased SNAP benefits by 363 $36 and 30, uh, $0.30 cents per person per month, okay? Also, remember, there was $46.5 billion to help people with rental assistance and landlords uh, pay, like, their mortgages, things like this. That was in the American Rescue Plan as well, help keep a lot of African Americans in their homes. Uh, no Republicans voted for the bill. Reversing decades of disinvestment through the bipartisan infrastructure bill. This is crucial. Most Republicans didn't vote for the bill, even though it was bipartisan in the Senate and and originated bipartisan in the Senate. It was written by both Republicans and and, and Democrats in the Senate. Only 19 out of 50 Republicans voted for the bill in the Senate, which means most of them didn't vote for it. And only about 13 or 14 out of 215 voted for it in the House of Representatives. For years, politicians have talked about investing in our national infrastructure. But up until now, they have failed to follow through. The lack of investment has fallen most heavily on black and and other communities of color. The bipartisan infrastructure law will will replace lead pipes like in Flint, Michigan and 3000 other communities who had a higher lead level uh, rate in their water than Flint, Michigan did. It increased access to good paying jobs expand affordable high-speed internet, especially in rural communities, and 25% of African-Americans live in rural America. Uh, It'll increase reliable public transportation, clean drinking water. It'll reconnect black neighborhoods divided by legacy highway infrastructure, like the uh, Buffalo Eastside community 
where the tops market was market is where the shooting took place the the, the buffalo uh, uh buffalo new york shooting okay that was that community was divided by an expressway detroit was divided by an expressway uh uh black bottom where i-375 runs through was wiped out because of an expressway because of the u.s interstate highway acts in 1952 and 56 part of the infrastructure bill is going to start address to address that harm that's been done to these communities especially the african-american community now a lot of republicans want to either not acknowledge the harm that was done or they want to say that was a long time ago what does that have to do with today and most of them didn't vote for this bill reconnect black neighborhoods divided by legacy highway infrastructure and others to finally and, and other resources to finally give black communities a fair shot at the American dream. Then they deal with the bipartisan infrastructure law permanently authorizes the MBDA minority business development agency for the first time since its inception and elevates the agency head to position to the position of undersecretary granting, granting the expanded power to support black and other minority owned businesses, the president's plans would supercharge MBDA by funding it at a 1.6 funding it at $1.6 billion through 2029. They deal with the EPA, Environmental Protection Agency, announced it will allocate $2.9 billion in the bipartisan infrastructure law to states, tribes, and territories for lead service line replacement in 2022. Um, the 2022 allocation is, okay, uh, let me go through this. this. Bipartisan infrastructure bill delivers the largest investment in tackling legacy pollution in American history, African-Americans disproportionately live in areas that have higher levels of pollution in American history by cleaning up Superfund and Brownfield sites, reclaiming abandoned mine land and capping orphaned oil and gas wells. More than one in four black Americans live within three miles of a Superfund site, a, a higher percentage than for uh, Americans overall, no community deserves to have contamination near where they live, play, pray, or go to school. Leveraging federal procurement to narrow the racial wealth gap for black entrepreneurs and families. Recognizing that the federal government spends more than $650 billion each year on purchasing goods and services, uh, President Joe Biden and the Biden-Harris administration has directed agencies to use federal purchasing power use federal purchasing power to grow federal contracting with underserved small businesses. So we need to apply to get these contracts, apply more to get these contracts. He also has set a goal of increasing the share of federal contracting dollars to small disadvantaged, small disadvantaged businesses by 50% by the year 2025, projected to translate to an additional $100 billion to minority-owned businesses and helping more Americans realize their entrepreneurial dreams. So we should focus on becoming the majority of the minorities getting the additional $100 billion. African-Americans should focus on being the majority of the quote-unquote minorities getting the additional $100 billion. You can wait on reparations, this money's here right now. 
federal government spends more than $650 billion each year on purchasing goods and services. We should focus on being the majority of the minority getting the additional $100 billion that's going to be allocated to minority-owned businesses. You can wait on reparations if you want to. This money is here now, and other pots of money as well are here now. Now, in December 2021, the administration further announced reforms to the federal procurement, pro procurement process to help meet the president's ambitious target and deliver new opportunities, deliver new opportunities for black owned and other small advantage and small disadvantaged businesses. We should be taking advantage of these opportunities. I'm someone who managed black owned companies that had government contracts with the city of Detroit, County of Wayne and state of Michigan that took, that took advantage of the minority business certifications that they had and the minority business status, which is a process of verification. You got to go through, you got to go through a verification process to become a vendor of city government, county government, state government, federal government. So I've been through that process and we had to go through the recertification process to maintain our, um, our uh, county, for the county of Wayne, which is the county that Detroit is in, for our, our uh, small business and minority business status. We had to go through a recertification process for that. Okay. Uh, read the rest of this. They go through everything. Ensuring black homeowners get full value for their homes. They deal with fighting against uh, uh, the uh, discrimination when it comes to home appraisals, protecting black Americans access to housing by combating housing discrimination, helping black Americans stay in their homes. Uh, that deals with the money in the American Rescue Plan. Very few people talk about that. No Republicans in the House or the Senate voted for it. This is huge right here. This is one of the ways that means that acres of land has been stolen from African-Americans. Heirs property, heirs property law. You've heard me talk about this. Assisting black landowners in resolving title issues. Who's talking about this? This is what the Biden-Harris administration is doing right now. Assisting black landowners in resolving title issues. An estimated 60% of black-owned land in the South is heirs property. Heirs property. H-E-I-R-S apostrophe. Heirs property. This is property that passes through inheritance, property that passes through inheritance, inheritance without a will, without a will. And that as a result has historically rendered owners ineligible for U.S. Department of Agricultural USDA program. 